This is Food First Michigan on News Talk 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state, and by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome everyone and thanks for listening. Problem solving is a key skill set that is needed at every level of our lives. For some time, I've counseled with people who would come to me or bring to me a perplexing problem that they were facing. I take a two-step approach. And first, I make a statement, and that statement surprises them. This is the statement. I say, you don't have a problem to solve. You have a decision to make. Secondly, I ask them this question. Which set of problems do you want to deal with? The problems associated with option A or the problems associated with option B? This is the way of attacking a difficult, multi-layered, complex challenge that has the potential for both consequences and blessings. After all, no matter which decision you make, option A or option B, there will be problems that you have to solve. Generally speaking, with organizations like the Food Bank Council of Michigan, I like problems to be handled at the lowest level so that they can be solved fast and have the best and earliest possible solution. It takes smart, dedicated, wise, and motivated people to solve problems at the earliest possible opportunity. That's why I like to hire problem solvers, not just problem spotters. Today, I'm going to introduce you to an organization that has created a unique program, empowered people to begin solving problems as soon as they can, and yes, that problem is food insecurity. And it's happening with our friends and colleagues at St. Joe's Mercy Hospital and Health System. Amanda Sweetman from St. Joe's Farm joins Jerry Brisson and me in just a moment. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for listening. As promised, Amanda Sweetman is our guest today. So before I give you the long introduction about Amanda's position, Jerry, say uh, good morning and welcome to Amanda. Amanda, it's great to see you. I know we just talked a little bit about how our staffs are collaborating, so it's nice to see you face-to-face, and so I love to be able to put names and faces together, especially when it's all good news and people are so excited about the program. So great to have you. Thank you so much. So Amanda Sweetman is the Regional Director of Farming and Healthy Lifestyles for Trinity, Michigan. Wow, that sounds like a mouthful to me. Do you ever sleep? Because that sounds like a tremendous job. And as I read, Amanda, I saw that the job, this position, was really created just for you and your amazing talents and abilities. So tell us about how this has happened and Tell us a little bit about yourself and where you come from and and why you're drawn to this work. Oh, well, Phil, you're too kind, and thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to talk about the farm and our work, and uh, my new position, like you say, is really the growth of Rob Caslew. You've had him on the show, our president and CEO, his dream for really taking healthcare out of the hospital and meeting people where we are, so we're not just a healthcare system, but we are a healthful one. So the farm at St. Joe's in Ann Arbor was started 10 years ago, and our mission there is to grow a healthy community through food, education, and relationships, really empowering people to move forward on their path toward better health. 
And so that program has been quite successful. We've grown a lot of our programs. I'd love to get into a little bit of our history and our focus areas. My new role as the Regional Director for Farming and Healthy Lifestyles, like you say, it's kind of a mouthful, um, but it really covers this idea of expanding our reach, joining people where they are, um, and moving them forward on their path toward better health. So just this morning, I stepped away from our project at our newest hospital-based farm at St. Joseph Mercy Oakland, where we're planting 2,000 sunflowers to bring a little, some smiles to everybody's faces during this unprecedented time. And really this is building on Rob's vision. And so we're installing a hospital-based farm here at St. Joe's Oakland. We're looking at how to bring our food access and food support programs out regionally across all of Trinity, Michigan. So not just Ann Arbor or Oakland, but St. Mary's, um, Muskegon. There's actually a farm on hospital property there as well. Um, so wow. really looking at how to support that in a systemic way that doesn't lose the local flavor that we have in all these locations, but supports them in a way that we can really energize our providers, our patients, and our community. Hey, Jerry, so how do you think we could like clone Amanda and this <laughs> entire system of an approach uh, for all of healthcare? Well, I mean, I think that's going to be a fun idea. And, uh, you know, as time goes on, maybe we'll find a way. I mean, you know, we, we do keep bringing new partners into the fold with different skills and different talents. So we'll just have to look for that cloner as one of the things that we need to solve hunger forever. You know, I'm looking forward to having a conversation as a group about sustainable funding, right? We found some models that work, and I'm really excited to talk about them with you. Um, and the trick is, how do we do it at scale, right? It's, it's time to do it for more people across more of our state. You know, that is the, the $60,000 question <laughs> at least, right? I but I think it's the yeah. right way to think. And really, as we work together to create better results and as patients are happier and healthcare systems function better, I think that, that that sustainable funding is going to come from sources that we already know. But, mm -hmm. the, you know, it, it takes time for systems to change, especially big systems. And healthcare represents one-fifth of the economy. So it has a lot of stakeholders, right? There's an awful lot of people in it, and they all need funding for their various things. I was talking to one payer recently about the number of new devices every year that become important to the medical community to help people with conditions, right? That could be a new aorta, that could be a heart valve, that could be, you know, something to help people with trouble with uh, blood flow to their legs. I mean, there there's so many things being developed all the time. It's really hard to prioritize funding. So, you know, we know it's a big challenge, but here we are, right? Yeah, you know, I think that's the beautiful thing about the investment that Trinity Michigan has made in our programming, right? That it's really truly an investment in people's overall health, um, that we are community members, we serve them and we join you in that space. Um, and that's, I think, where I'm so proud to be a part of this system and think about the long-term investment that we're making in people. And not just our, you know, what people eat, but where the food comes from, right? Like supporting local farms, um, the ecology, the economy, it's just, it's very far reaching. Um, and one of the silver linings, if you can say that about the current situation we're in is that people have turned toward local food and gardening. It's just amazing to see. Yeah. And of course, if these systems work, you know, which we know they will extremely well, 
maybe the need for some of those devices will go down, you know, and therein <laughs> lies the tale. And another thing that we, that we say, why are we so invested in community health? And part of the reason is because if you're not healthy, your life is harder to manage. It's more yeah. time consuming. It's more costly. I mean, just thinking about the people we serve, we know that if, if total health is taken care of, right, their whole um, approach toward their health, that they're going to have an easier time overcoming their challenges in life. And so there's so many good reasons, even beyond just the direct cost. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Amanda, I'm reading a little bit about your bio, and um, so your, your education experience has kind of been, you know, uh, geographically varied. I mean, yes. from uh, <laughs> the University of Michigan to Utah State, and, and then, you know, you've worked as a scientist, a farmer, an educator, and something that Jerry and I both dabble in, you, you're a chef as well. And so, I mean, obviously this love for food and the impact it can have on people's lives and their quality of life is a deep-rooted passion for you. Yeah, you know, I think the powers above or the powers around us every day for putting me in a position where I have a job where I get to live my personal purpose every day. So you mentioned it, right? Like plants, water, and food have been kind of the guiding lights of my life. Mm -hmm. And on my kind of windy path toward my uh, long-term profession here at St. Joe's, I really came to realize that my purpose is to connect people to where they live so they'll conserve it. I started in natural resources because I grew up on Lake Michigan and had this amazing experience of playing in the waters and wanting to conserve that and connecting to the trees and the fish and the plants and understanding that natural ecosystem. And then uh, through working as a scientist and then in the nonprofit world, I realized that there's a lot of negative things happening in that space right now. So invasive species, Asian carp, Phragmites, climate change, all those things that are hard and large and tough to grapple with, especially if you're not out recreating in them already. But local food is the shiny side of the conservation coin, really. Right, because we all eat, ideally at least three times a day. I eat like six times a day. Uh, <laughs> and it tastes so good when it comes straight out of your garden or straight from a farmer who grew it just down the street. And that's that, you know, cherry tomatoes are like a gateway vegetable, right? Like I can pick a cherry tomato and hand it to you and you can say, oh my gosh, how come this is so good? How come I feel... Why, I, why do I feel so much better when I eat like this? And then once we've taken care of your basic needs and you're starting to feel better, maybe you'll be more compliant with taking your medications. Maybe you'll feel better and be able to get out with your grandkids. There's so many benefits that come from that. So I find that I've gotten to live my purpose, um, even though I came at it kind of in a roundabout way. Well, we want to talk about some of the programs that you guys have implemented there uh, at Trinity Health across the state. And so we're going to do that when we come back on the other side of a break. She's Amanda Sweetman. She is the Director of Farming and Healthy Lifestyles for Trinity, Michigan. That's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. And we're all three back in just a moment. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight here with Jerry Brisson and our guest, Amanda Sweetman, who is the Director of Farming and Healthy Lifestyles. And, you know, Trinity's not just 
in one location either. So um, you you're, you've probably got some windshield time as well in this new job. Yeah, well, it's definitely been an adjustment, um, especially during a pandemic. Um, but it really, again, shows that investment in our member health, right? Really getting at our community health, where they are. And it's not just a farm, right? A lot of people are like, oh, you must just grow vegetables. It's so much more than that. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about what's more than just the farm. Because the farm, I first heard you talk about at uh, the Root Cause Coalition. You and Rob presented about that. And... Uh, that was several years ago, um, but now it seems like that has given you know birth to other programming. And one of the things I'm really interested in is how you're really solving problems at the what I would say the lowest level. When you mm-hmm. when you discover someone is food insecure, that you're really having an intervention right then and there, even before they leave the hospital. So mm-hmm. tell us about it. Yeah, well, let's start with the why for a second. So our mission is to be a transforming healing presence in our community and be a trusted partner for life. And if you're coming in for your cancer care, but what you may not be willing to say until someone asks in a friendly way is, I'd love to take my medication, but I can't keep it down because I'm hungry. So that's where, and it's not just my work, right? Like my title is, something to reach for, um, but this work happens through a coalition of partners and providers. So what the what we've started to do at the farm is take what we've had success with in our experiential learning, getting people's hands in the dirt, um, growing this food, and we're taking it out to our patients. So um, a lot of our programs uh, have really linked up with this provider connection, right? So I'll start with our produce to patients program. So this program takes most of the food that the farm grows. Clinicians, so doctors, nurses, dietitians, social workers, they take their time. So they come out to us, pick up a big box of produce and take it to their patients. So some people set up a little farm stand in their lobby. Some people take it in when they do consults with newly diagnosed diabetes patients. What's more powerful than saying, hey, You've got this new diagnosis, it's a little scary, we're gonna help you manage that. But here at St. Joe's, we know that food is medicine, so we're gonna have a combination um, approach to treating your condition. Here's a bag of spinach or a beautiful bunch of beets to get you started. Last year, we served 4,200 patients this way. This year, I looked up the numbers last night, I think it's like 1,600 pounds of produce already given out. in our COVID pivot, we've it's now produce to patients and providers uh, because a lot of our clinics went virtual and our healthcare workers have been under, you know, a tremendous burden. So we've served over 800 providers beautiful fresh food as a, a moment of lightness, um, something to bring them strength uh, during this challenging time. And I think the other thing that's so powerful and has let us really build some of these other programs that I'll talk about is the connection to our providers. These healthcare workers really care. They take their time and they've become the advocates, right? We're empowering them to be the advocates for change, which is really the goal because I can't clone myself, even though it might be nice, Um, but I can empower them to bring that message out to their patients and to their coworkers. So Jerry, let me ask you, I mean, you're hearing what Amanda is saying here, and the reason I'm, I'm, I'm interjecting you right here is because I've heard you say so many of these same things on our show, and I know you've got, you've got to be excited about what you're hearing. 
Well, it is. And, you know, I love the involvement of all of the clinical people because when we got started down the path of working with healthcare, because clinical people came to us and said, we don't have an answer to this and we want one. These are our patients. These are people we see suffering. These are people we know need help and we just don't have an answer. We've been talking about the social determinants of health for 20 years and, you know, the rubber has to meet the road at some point. And so all of the things that you've talked about and the champions that you're building up within the system are required to make change happen, you know? And, and I love your, your focus on the joy that people have when somebody else cares enough, mm. you know? So it's, it's one thing to write a prescription and say, here, this is going to help you manage your health. It's another thing to give somebody a fresh bunch of food, especially if they don't know where their next meal is coming from, and say, here, you know what? We care about every part of your life, and this is a part that we know, we might not say the words we know you're struggling, but behind the scenes, we do know that. And so the words we're going to say is, we think this is going to help you even more. And you know that person, by their smile, is relieved. Right? I mean, yes, they have a solution to help manage what if it's diabetes or what or high blood pressure or heart disease or whatever it is they're dealing with. But there's a whole other element. You know, doctor, you say food um, is value, right? Food yeah. communicates value or something like that. I'm yeah. sure I screwed it up a little, no, but you, in any case. You got it right on. Um, you know, and so just hearing you talk about what you see when you communicate that value to somebody is hugely exciting and so important to where we're headed. And tell us some, a little more about uh, some of the other interventions mm -hmm. that you have. Yeah. You know, our produce to patients has been great, but usually it's a bunch of beets, a bag of spinach, and it gets you started and starts a conversation. What we noticed at the beginning of the pandemic was people are stuck at home. And a lot of people were stuck at home before this, but they're afraid to leave, maybe you're high risk, maybe you're COVID positive. Um, what do we do to support these, pe these people and these patients? So we actually built a medical referral pathway to our COVID food assistance program where we can deliver a fresh bag of Michigan produce. So the farm is bringing in produce from all Michigan farms. So it's beautiful seasonal food. We're working with our local farm partners who I'll talk about in a minute and Cherry Capital Food, which is a um, Great Lakes Food Hub. We really believe in making that connection to our local agriculture and supporting that system. And then we're working with our pantry partners, um, Hope Clinic and Jewish Family Services of Washtenaw, who are supported by our food bank in Washtenaw County, Food Gatherers. Our pantry partners put together a box of pantry staples and then um, their volunteers actually take the bag of produce and the box of pantry staples and they deliver it to our food insecure homebound patients. So these are people who are referred by their doctor. Um, it's spreading by word of mouth now. Um, we have an online sign-up form that you can get to from our website. And people actually can self-refer through our patient portal as well for my chart. What I've seen for this, we're serving 50 patients a week right now. It's just beyond amazing what's happening in our results. People feel cared for, they feel heard. I'm spending time on the phone with every person who gets referred so I can say, hey, you know, if you're having food insecurity issues, what else might be going on? And with our switch to our new electronic medical record, which I may be the only farmer who charts, I gotta tell ya. Um, <laughs> 
um, terrifying at first, but I'm getting the hang of it, and I really see the value. I'm part of the care team now, right? So I can chat with our dietitians. I can chat with our social workers. You know, somebody was in the ED for heat exhaustion the day before I called him. That's why I got referred. And so we got him set up with a cooling center. You know, we get to start taking care of those basic needs so people can start to look out and say, what else do I need? Why was I at the doctor's office in the first place? You said it earlier, you're transforming and, tr and building trust. And that's part of the mission that you guys have. And you're certainly using this opportunity to do that. We've got to take a quick break, but we're going to come back. If you can stay with us for one more segment, this is Jerry Brisson, that's Amanda Sweetman, I'm Dr. Phil Knight, and we're back. Food first, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're back here, Food First Michigan. Jerry Brisson, co-host extraordinaire, CEO and president of Gleaners, and our guest, Amanda Sweetman. Jerry, um, what are you thinking so far about all this that you hear from Amanda? I'm thinking we've got a co-host on our hands here. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I'm thinking we have a real natural talent at this, and whatever <laughs> we can do to get her back, we need to do. That's, that's pretty hard not to think about right now. Well, you know, we have two or three folks across, Amanda, that across the life of the show. We're in, I guess, three and a half years of doing this, this award-winning show, I should say. And, um, you know, Cheryl Kirschenbaum uh, from Science Debate, uh, our own Dr. Dawn Opal, um, who is the Director for Strategic Research and Strategic Initiatives at the Food Bank Council. Amanda, um, you know, you guys got so many innovative programs here, uh, and I know there's at least one more you wanted to share with our, our audience and with Jerry and I as well, so we're learning here too. And one of the things that Jerry has said since the outset of the show, I call them Jerryisms, is that he doesn't care who solves hunger as long as it gets solved. That none of us are here to compete with one another, we're only here to complete one another. So what else? I got a little what else? news here, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, so the farm, we'll talk just a little bit about that because, of course, it's where we all started. So I mentioned at the start, our mission is to empower people through food, education, and relationship, really growing that healthy community. Um, you know, we grow food there. We do education with kids. Not this year, really, but um, a lot of years we do. We see it like a thousand kids a year um, for field trips and summer camps, trying to make curiosity cool again. We nourish minds, bodies, and spirits. We have the country's first handicap accessible hoop house where people with traumatic brain injuries can come in and do some horticultural therapy. We're really excited to get that going again when all of this you know, when things lighten up and we can get back in there. Uh, we also really work to cultivate purposeful relationships for community health. So that's really thinking about how are we being purposeful with who we reach out to, how we talk to people, how we welcome people in, and make sure that it's open to people of all ages, backgrounds, abilities, and really form that melting pot. So much of what we do is based on our work with our volunteers. I love seeing the high schooler and the retiree working together across 
across languages. Um, mm -hmm. It's really a beautiful thing to see and see how, again, we're creating those advocates for change out in their community. Um, so that's, you know, that's our core work at the farm and we're looking forward to bringing that out to our other regional hospital-based farms or gardens, whatever that may look like as we expand in a way that makes sense. Um, and I just want to talk about our farm share program. This is really our flagship program that runs out of the farm at St. Joe's. And if you've heard of a CSA, a Community Supported Agriculture Program, this is the model we're building off of, which is a way to connect consumers directly to their farmers. We had medical residents, uh, I was like three months into my job at St. Joe's back in 2015. Somebody said, hey Amanda, I want more vegetables. I can't get to the farm stand. And I was like, okay, let's start a farmer's uh, CSA and I want it to be self-serve so I can get there anytime because I'm an emergency medicine resident. And I said, all right. So I partnered with our other farmer who was coming to our farm stand. So we started a collaborative farm share. We're now up to, let's see, we had 30 members that first fall in one other farm. We now have 18 farms, 230 whole share members. Last year we generated $108,000 for local farms. Huh. And at a minimum, we have a 25% um, participation rate by subsidized members. So people who are food insecure and have children living at home participate for free. So again, this is really that transforming healing presence in our community, honoring our mission to be an anchor institution where we're taking care of the physical health of our community, the ecology of our community, and the economy of our community. Um, and it's just been amazing to see the results, right? People are eating more fresh fruits and vegetables. They're eating more at home. They've formed closer relationships with their family members and they feel like a part of our community. So this year, between our subsidized share um, and our program, the Nutrition Buddies program, which is a grant-funded program through the Michigan Health Endowment Program, we have 73 families participating for free. The Nutrition Buddies program is something that I'll have to come back on the show and we'll do a deep dive with her, um, the program coordinator for that program, Allie Babcock. This program is educating medical residents about the power of culinary medicine. They actually get cooking classes they get buddied up with an at-risk teenager. Those teens get free farm shares, cooking classes. This year it's gonna be virtual summer camp, but next year hopefully in person. Um, and they get that mentorship relationship. And it's just so amazing to see how we're empowering the next generation with by meeting their immediate needs. Jerry, you know, we gotta meet those immediate needs, but we also gotta teach a man to fish to a certain extent, right? Empowering them with those skills. I'm gonna piggyback on what you said about that you know, the value of food. When, you know, if we're gonna go out to eat, we're, we're gonna take somebody out to eat. We wanna communicate value. We really pick a special restaurant. Somebody's gonna come over to our house and we're gonna plan a meal. We really put our soul into planning that meal because we want it to communicate value. And Jerry, everything that Amanda's talking about here in these programs lives out that value of the power of food has. And I know we see that every day when people come to us. And uh, you know, one of the things, Amanda, you might not know about the food banks across Michigan and the Food Bank Council is that almost half of the food that we distribute in the state now is fresh. I do know that and I'm so impressed. I can't say enough about your work. It's just, it makes all the difference in the world, right? Talking to those patients for our food assistance program, if they have stuff at home, so many people haven't used the pantry system before and the thing they miss so much and the thing they need is that fresh food. And I think you guys are just doing 
you're doing the work, right? We complete each other, right? Like you said, yeah. I can't, I can't say enough about your programming. Thank you, Jerry. You know, we we talk about the value of our work as something more than the immediate relief of hunger, and what we talk about is we help households become more stable, we help them manage their health, and we empower them to manage their life. And that's how we talk about our work, right? But that only is true if the food we give people is the food they want and need, right? And so when you talk about, um, and, and I loved how you talked about making curiosity cool again. I'm going to think about how to use that. I'll give you credit once, and then I get credit <laughs> after that. That's okay. But then, but I also like culinary medicine, just the words together, culinary medicine, because I do think that teaching the cooking skills while addressing these basic needs, marrying those things together really becomes medicine that's beyond the scope of what people normally think about when they think about treatment plans. And yet, the, the, the stabilizing health and empowering value of that is how we believe our work should be measured, right? It's not just about the immediate relief. Now, I'll tell you what, when you don't know where your next meal is coming from, that immediate relief is critical. It does relieve stress. It does, by its very nature, help you manage the long-term issues in your life. But there is so much more to it, and working with people like you, Amanda, is what is one of the things that keep us just charged about, you know, this is the right way, and this is hopeful, and there there is... There are many reasons to believe that this is a good path, and so it's been just exciting to hear you talk about your programs and the value of them and how you intersect with the community and people's lives. I mean, it's, it's so invigorating. Thank you so much. We're so, so thrilled to be able to do it. And like I said at the beginning, before we started all this, I am beyond impressed with your staff and so look forward to working with them in the future. So I love that, and I think that's why we can have you on the show and, and really highlight your life's work, your purpose, your mission, and celebrate that with you. So I, before the show goes any further, I think that both Jerry and I would just want to look at you and say thank you for how you're investing your one handful of life and the difference that it's making in people. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. It is, it is a passion. Yeah, for sure. She's Amanda Sweetman. She's the Regional Director of Farming and Healthy Lifestyles for Trinity, Michigan. And she's been our guest today on our show, Food First Michigan. So Amanda, I'll give you the last word as we end this segment, but I promise you, we're gonna have to have you back. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Bill and Jerry, for having me. For everybody who's listening, please keep in touch with us. Go to our website, stjoeshealth.org. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, think about helping us support this moving forward. We need your time. We need your effort. We need your love, your energy. We are really our best selves when we hear from you and we can become part of your community. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks for being with us. Jerry and I will be back to wrap up this edition of Food First Michigan in just a couple of minutes. Jerry Brisson, that was Amanda Sweetman. And uh, you know, you know, Amanda should really probably work on her enthusiasm about what she <laughs> wants to do with her life, you know? I mean, geez. You know, I, there's so much good to say about her and the good work that she's doing. And you know, one of the things that we promised this year, for this year, is that we would report successes. 
right? Mm-hmm. That we're not just talking about this stuff, that there's actually work going on and progress being made. And, and I think that the things that she raised as examples of what Trinity is doing right now are tremendous successes on this march toward a new future for the link between food and medicine. And that, you know, really seeing holistically how food fits into people's health plans and and how they're so interconnected, not doing that, I think in short order, I'm going to say in just a few years, is going to be considered just dumb. You know, people are going to go, how can you not do that? We've known this forever. You have to do this, right? I mean, I think it's so obvious. The link between these things are is so obvious. I think at some point it's going to be like, how come we didn't do this sooner? Oh, my God. Right, right. You know, Jerry, I want to I want to say this to our audience and uh, those of those that are listening to us. And, you know, we know a good many of our fellow food bankers across the state listen to the show. And this, this connection between food insecurity and health care, and you said it in the show that we've been studying the social determinants of health for 20 years or more. But, you know, I want to tell you that you've been ahead of the curve. You've been thinking about this work and how to do this food insecurity work and, and partner within the healthcare system. You've thought about it before, you thought about it beyond, and you thought about it you know, better than, than, than just about any of the rest of us. So I want to say thank you, because I think that that has charted a course. You know, anybody can steer the ship, but it really takes a leader to, to chart the course. And, and I think that has come out of your passion to, when you've seen so many people who are suffering, and that suffering could be alleviated if they had access to healthy, nutritious food. Well, thank you for your kind words, Doctor. I I certainly believe there's there's been a lot of champions in this, and I have you know a couple real key champions on my team, like Rochelle Benelli, who's been an amazing, uh, insightful, and just uh, passionate practitioner. Right? She's mm-hmm. been a chef, and and you know she brought our first nutritionist on board to help us really think about these issues. So uh, as the spokesperson for a lot of really intelligent people, it's it's nice to be recognized, but it it belongs to so many. The other the other thing I would say is um you know being in the right place at the right time is half half the battle for <laughs> for seeing any progress, right? I mean, it is the right time to be involved in this issue and I and I do think that, you know, food banks uh, across the country and people at Feeding America have been thinking about how to grapple with this issue and I came along at a time when the conversation was coming to a head and work was being done and so I'm really grateful for the opportunities that I've had. Um, At the same time, Doctor, you know what's happening at the Food Bank Council is another hugely encouraging and empowering piece of work. We've gotten more attention, we've gotten more money, we've gotten you know, more things done in terms of the advocacy around this work. We've met more people. We've we've been in front of the the pharmacy association. We've been in front of multiple physicians groups. We've been in front of hospital systems. All of this is our work together. And yep, it's it's work. And it takes time, but as we said when we started the show three years ago, this is the work that's going to ultimately lead to a food-secure community. People who win when the problem is solved are the people you need to be engaged with. And boy, listening to Amanda and her energy, I mean, did you? Did it sound like a win to you? Oh, my God. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, playoff, Super Bowl kinds of wins. I was like, yeah. wow, I'm glad yeah. she's on our team. I'm glad we're on her team. 
You know, I mean, yeah. because they're having a tremendous impact. And I, I, that's, you know, that's what food bankers do. Uh, I mean, technically, I'm not a food banker, but I get to stand next to them. And, <laughs> you know, they're going to play one on the radio. I do play one on the radio. <laughs> but, but they're going to do stuff. You yeah. know, they're not going to talk this thing to death. They're going to do it. In fact, most food bankers I know, if you take them to a meeting, if they go to three meetings and no decisions being made, they're not going to the fourth meeting. Yeah, it's it's true. We're pretty impatient. It's the urgency of the work that drives that. I mean, right. you know, people are hungry, and and it doesn't take many visits to a pantry or a soup kitchen to and a conversation with someone who's going through a time in their life where they just can't make ends meet. You don't have to have many of those before you start to feel a deep sense of urgency about this work. So I do think that food bankers tend to be impatient as a result of that, but, uh, but it's okay. You know, we, we bring people into our life who are more patient than we are, who help bring that quality to, uh, to how this all has to be done. And, and it all works out, right? It all works uh, out. Thanks, Jerry. Time for a little food for thought. Innovative thinking is a key component to problem solving. It was our dear friend, Albert Einstein, who said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. Patients who've entered healthcare with a disease or illness that would be positively influenced by access to healthy, nutritious food seems like a no-brainer, and it is. Getting the right food at the right time to the right people is how and why healthcare will benefit from innovative programs like the ones at St. Joe's and partnerships with the food banks, particularly the food banks of the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Jerry often says he doesn't care who solves hunger, he just wants it solved. That's why we celebrate our friends at St. Joe's and all those working to create food security. We are here to complete, not compete. That's the kind of thinking that leads to innovative problem solving and it starts by keeping food first, folks. Food first. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.